Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! Official 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosovich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. Welcome in, folks. It is a brand new edition of the Unofficial 40 as uh, we welcome in Eddie Radosovich and Josh McQuistian as well. I want to say we'll welcome in Josh McQuistian as I'm uh, struggling here with some new equipment. Uh, Josh, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I, I couldn't be more excited. I heard all that intro. I don't know what's changed in the world, but I'm excited about it. Maybe it's the hurricane that's, that's driving down on you. All of a sudden, your it's, life is going to end, but you get to hear the podcast for one last time. Exactly. It's a gift. I got to hear the audio right before I uh, kicked over. And uh, superstar of radio, join just Eddie Radosovich. Josh, I know you don't want to hear this, but I drove down in a just a driving rainstorm oh, sh- this, this morning. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> your little sprinkles. I No, actually, when I was coming back from the station this morning, it was it was pretty bad, but like last time it did this... Like the winds were like sixty miles an hour, so yeah, that, it's just a lot of rain. It was a lot of rain. I think we, I think Oklahoma City. I saw the they've gotten over a or we've gotten over a foot of rain in I think two weeks. There was a like a, a amber, not a whatever. You, when your phone goes off and freaks you out. Yeah, I got that. That was morning. happening this morning. That was really strange. So yeah, there was a flood uh, flood warning in Oklahoma City. Like we we're pretty much in the same spot. So. Yeah. I think, I'm sure everybody in that area got it. I hate those things. Well, that is our Do new you, that is our new intro that we have. Uh, I, look, I don't. I feel like I have to go like Dave Portney here or something, and like we know what we're doing. Like just just let us do what we do. So it's just like I appreciate. I I, I don't know what I was thinking. Like opening up the board to hey, what do you guys think about this? Because nobody is gonna agree, especially when it comes to music. I mean that we might as well just said, do you want Trump? Uh, or Obama to do the opening. I mean, it, no one would agree. It would it would be impossible. We know who would have f that up. <laughs> uh, see, you're a troublemaker already, Eddie. So anyway, that's the one we went with. You want it, Josh? You can hear stuff, right? Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I'm I'm a little bit at a loss for words about it. Like, okay, so this was the, this was the one that I thought would kind of calm people down, you know, that would kind of play to that crowd that is used to, like, college game day sounds and stuff. Like This was the, the and Eddie almost lost his mind when he heard this one. He hates it. It's time for the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers, Carrie Murdoch, 
and Josh McQuistian. See, like, that was kind of, to me, that was kind of like a college football, college game day kind of deal. Very generic. It's, it's, at least we're not coming to your city. It, <laughs> I hate that song so much. I do so bad. <laughs> uh, who is it, Big and Rich? Yeah. God, they got to replace that thing. Like, it's time. Have they not? No, it's I'm well. That's the thing. We barely get to watch College Game Day. It's been so long since I watched College Game Day. I just, I guess if Lee Corso can still be on the set, they can still have a same tired ass song. Yeah, it's it is what it is. I don't think it's a very good show. They, well, this last year was the first year they didn't have Fowler, right? Yeah, and Reese Davis did a good job. I, I mean, like I've Reece got no Davis, problem with yeah. him. But yeah. here's what sucks for me is the only thing that I consistently get to watch on Saturdays on ESPN was college football final. Because you'd get back from the press conference, you do the post-game show, you you write your stories, you get stuff on the message board, and then you could finally kind of kick back and have a drink before you went to bed. And I actually, as much as people bitched about Mark May and Lou Holtz, like, they're so much better than Joey Galloway or whatever the hell they're going to have oh, now. God. I was just going to say, it's like, you're so delusional by the end of the day. When, you, when you're thinking that Mark May's re- doing a really good job, it's like, you must be really tired. <laughs> but it, it's not that bad. I really do enjoy the show. Well, not anymore. With Joey Galloway, you enjoy college football finals? No, I enjoyed the show when Mark May and oh, yeah. Holtz were doing good. it. Good. I thought you... Because I thought the... I always thought the... What was it? Like the judge or whatever... That was a pretty funny segment. No, that was stupid. That, that was, was the funny. worst part about it. Like I hated that so much. It just uh, they ruined that show with that judge thing. Because there's always Lou that Holtz like fighting the, about something stupid. Well, that was the start of ESPN like going to like shtick like yeah. sports casting. Yeah, like that was one of the first things I remember being like, "What is this? What are we doing here?" So, but it was so. It was just one little part of it, so you felt like, okay, I can overlook that that's stupid and it's fine. You know, whatever. Show me the but, highlights, yeah. Yeah, I, I, but I'm one of those people, like, I'll watch everything. I won't even pretend. I, I'll watch Galloway and those guys just because it's more college football. Well, what are they going to do now because they got rid of Danny Cannell? Like, they decimated their college football team. Yeah, and I kind of... I mean, I mean Trevor like, Maddich, is he going to be on there, maybe? I like Maddich. He's okay. He, he doesn't bother he, me. I mean... Well, you're a... Offensive lineman. So, what do you know? Yeah, he, he likes that stuff. Yeah, so that's you know that that's always going to play to me. But I don't know what they're gonna. I don't. I guess I probably have a PR release somewhere telling me what the the crew is for college football final. <laughs> Hopefully, they didn't get rid of it. I mean, that would be the dumbest thing. I'd rather have Joey Galloway than nothing. I'm trying to look and see if they have anything out there. I I can't find anything. But the point was, we all debate what we like, what we don't like. We kind of know what we're doing. I mean, a little bit. I mean, our numbers are really, really good. So, I mean, we're gaining people. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Since we started doing our uh, review, our iTunes review segment, our reviews have skyrocketed, which is just... But it's not really helping because the only thing that makes that segment good is if you... And see, this is, <laughs> this is the crux. The bad reviews are the only thing that makes that a good segment. Like... Everybody's so nice to us, and they love the podcast so much. It's it's going to be boring if I just have see. And now we're going to get bad reviews from some jackholes that just want to say, "Fine, if that's what our review page is going to be, if it's just going to come down to you saying ridiculous, insane things, fine. It'll make the show better. I'm all for it." Yeah, yeah. Do you think that is one of the few things? Like the podcast is one of the few things our board 
almost unanimously agrees on. Yeah, it really is. The scoop, Like almost everybody podcast. on the board truly loves the pod. If they can find it on the board. <laughs> I've not gotten an email from Sparks yet. Too. He's probably figuring Sparks, out. Sparks, I cannot help you if you don't email me. He's not going to hear this, but he'll, he's probably just trying to figure <laughs> out how to. He's probably going to. He's probably trying to figure out how to uh, log on to email. I have always envisioned Sparks as the last human on the on the planet that uses like that MSN TV. Remember that plug-in device that they had? <laughs> no, but it's probably your, something before it was the just a I keyboard even, that plugged into your regular TV, and it was dial-up. So you know you have the yeah, ear. yeah. But like, well, there's no chance he has a cell phone. Like, well, we were talking zero like chance. Could he have a smart like his? That's the thing. Like if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're an old person, or if you own an old an old person, like if you ha- you all have parents, if your parents are, old, I'm experiencing this right now with like old guys at the radio station teach them how to use an iphone like that will change their lives my mom and my dad are the least i mean they still have desktop like my dad still has a desktop computer he has two of them he has a he has a stupid like my parents have a sickness like they cannot stay out of sam's club so (laughs) my dad will roam the damn aisles at Sam's Club looking at computers still, like desktop computers. But now he has the all-in-one, like the screen and right. the touch screen and all. And he thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. And then he has a damn Android phone, which you guys, Josh, you know how much I hate the Android people. <laughs> but which, Of which I am party. He, is, he likes the Android because he can tinker with it, even though he puts so much shit on there, it barely works. And, and I mean... He's the kind of guy that we were talking about this this morning. Like people were on their weather bug, you know. Oh, I love the weather bug. Like the weather bug desktop app put so much shit on my dad's computer, it locked up. Like so much malware and scamware and all that shit. I would say weather bug is responsible for like thirty percent of PCs crashing. Like it's killed a lot. It's the of the worst thing that anybody ever invented. I I don't Eddie even know. Has what, no I don't idea know what, what weather bug is. Eddie's, Weatherbug, Eddie. if you're ready to uh, advertise with us, though, we're, we're open. We're here. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> done with my stupid rants. Uh, we love everybody. Sparks, email me. We'll try and figure out, even if you're on a Commodore 64. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about what happened last night, which was crazy and insane. I know, Josh, you've even been you know down there in the Houston area trying to help out relatives and stuff, get ready for the... the the, the hurricane was it Harvey? What is the hurricane? Harvey, it's Harvey. yeah, Harvey, Harvey is coming. A stupid. How, name how are you scared of a guy named Harvey? Yeah, that's, a that's stupid that's weird name. To me. They're gonna get people killed. Um, Harvey, Harvey kind of sounds like a guy though that would maybe do a little blackmailing of his mom for like five thousand dollars, and you see it on the news. On he probably Monday. drives like a Buick Lesabre. Yeah, like a little. He's like a low class con man. Have right. you ever noticed that? Like when you see people driving old Buicks, like you just wonder. Is their is their grandmother dead in a basement somewhere, and they took her car? <laughs> it depends. If they're smoking cigarettes with the windows up, then you really know. <laughs> the, oh. I mean, there is such a stare. I mean, that's like it. It never fails when you see an old Buick. It's an old white woman, uh, is a little overweight, and in there smoking. Usually, yes. I I have a story about a grandmother joke that almost got me into a fight with a bunch of Arkansas fans years ago. Um, it was before the Cotton Bowl, the Oklahoma-Arkansas Cotton Bowl after the 01 season. And we're walking through. It was, you know, that game was like a New Year's Day kickoff, like 10 a.m. Right. And I'm walking through. Uh, I'm down in the West End with a bunch of my buddies. And we're walking through this parking lot. And I, 
I, I drunkenly see one of those car magnets because Arkansas fans, every one of them had a car magnet. Like yeah. th- there was, it didn't like you could be driving a seven series BMW and have a damn car magnet on it. Like every one of them. So I pull one off and I fling it. I'm not pretending I did the right thing. Not not trying to say this is me at my best, but I just toss it out. Well, this guy sees it and I hear him. He's like, "Hey, you messing with my car, man?" And I turn around. It's like him and seven of his buddies <laughs> and, and it's a buick and i'm like dude did you borrow your grandma's car and oh man I, and he i mean they went nuts and it just about was a big deal like but i'm feeling pretty good i had my buddy that was the, the you know like i'm feeling it, it would have been okay for us but a bunch of police came and broke it up before it turned into something but it was that's probably the lo- closest i've ever been to like a windshield breaking like it was going to be a very violent fight like it would have been bad on on behalf of the arkansas guy i'm sure that's just strictly what happens through incest though i'm sure you have to like stick up for your grandmother because of different reasons <laughs> if you're sleeping a, with her there's a lot of hot girls in arkansas i don't know what how that happens i don't know either it's the south man like they, everybody thinks like you go to ut it's ridiculous you go to OU, it's ridiculous you go to lsu it's absurd like it's the South. We're we're very like people don't appreciate in Oklahoma the the amount of talent that just walks around all day every day. Uh, okay, I think we've done enough jacking around for at least now. I'm going to call it sure. enough jacking around. Let's get to it. Uh, what I was trying to get to is you were busy last night, and Eddie was the first one that saw this Caleb Willis tweet about committing to Oklahoma, a running back 2020 running back out of Jackson, Tennessee, which is where. Eddie and there's nothing but trouble that comes out of that part. That's where Eddie and I stayed That's when we right. went to go see Jacob that. Phillips. I didn't even think we about stopped that. in Jackson and then drove through the next morning. But he commits to Oklahoma, and you see, like, there was never any eyeball emojis, and I, and I immediately started thinking this doesn't feel right. And you have all the usual suspects that you you know you kind of follow some like the super fans. I think of like Michael Brock, like he. You know that guy, like you mm-hmm. see him like and, and share and every recruiting thing. He's like the normal kind of, he's not like crazy. He's just a normal, he seems like a normal guy. I'm trying, I'm trying to follow rules that we've established with Eddie and be a good example. Um, so like, but you see like the fans, you know, liking it, but you don't see anything else. There's no coaches doing anything. And so it was very there was something amiss. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's it seems like strange. We, we all kind of deducted that there is something strange going on, and especially when you go to his rivals page and there's no Oklahoma offer either, and no offers. So, so Josh, you start reaching out at that point and find out what? Well, once upon a time, just to kind of start from the start, there was an offer on his page, and I had to go back in and remove it because, you know, I had checked back when he claimed his offer, I want to say like in June, maybe even May, like this was a while ago, that he he put out, oh, I've got an Oklahoma offer, and I went and checked with my sources, and literally the quote I got was, who is that? And that, so, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, sometimes coaches will be, they or coaching staffs want to be careful, you know, as far as, yeah, you know, we like him, that kind of thing, you'll hear different stuff, but when it's that concrete, there, there's no question that something has gone wrong here. There, there's some some link in the chain that didn't work. And I went back last night. I, I did just assume it. I was like, well, let me make sure that nothing's changed. Let me let me see on this. 
And again, same deal with the same, uh, almost the same amount of response that it took me to type it was that that guy doesn't have an offer. And I, I don't want to do this because, you know, if the kid was listening or someone close to him, this isn't about embarrassing him. No, like, that, and that that's was not the what thing, this is. That was the thing last night. Like, I, you were out, Eddie was out, so I was putting up the, the main scoop account, uh, you know, post about it. And I was very, I was trying to be very careful about what I said exactly. Uh, it, but I knew it was just, like, you don't feel good about it. Like, you never want to sit there, and especially a kid that's that young, and you know that he just doesn't really understand the situation, and it's probably going to be devastating, and you're probably going to have some a-holes that are saying horrible things to him, which I'm sure happened, and the kid's since deleted the tweet, but like, as careful as I was, I still got attacked by some dude that was like, how could you treat a, a kid like that? I'm just like, look, we're just, we're trying to do our job, which is this kid is saying he's committed to OU. He's not, you know, OU has not offered him a scholarship. So it's not a commitment. And that's all. I mean, we're forced to be put in that position. Nobody's nobody's yelling at the kid or, you know, calling him stupid or anything like that. It's just we have to set the record straight in those cases. And as we have looked at it, and I know we've all kind of talked about it privately, it looks like the kid got duped by somebody. I, 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 the somebody I think it is is already trying to, you know, put out plausible excuses. But I, I this is one of those things that we get into, and JD Runnels is talking about it on with me on Twitter today. You've got to be careful who you trust, man. I mean, it, uh, you know, and I know we don't have a lot of recruits listening to this, so I won't get up on my soapbox. But listen to your high school coaches. Listen to guys like JD that have been down that road. If it. I, you know, I'm not going to tell you I know everything, but I, I've been around it long enough to offer some decent advice. But the the main thing, and if you're not sure, if if you are not 100% sure you have an offer, you don't have an offer. Like, they're, coaches, when you've got one, they will leave no doubt. They will talk to you. They will stay in frequent contact with you. There's no – if you've never spoken to a school, you don't have an offer. You just don't. That, that that's that's the easiest way to understand yes or no. Josh, you put it, I think, the best way that you could possibly can on Twitter, and it was, I'll, I'm just going to read the tweet that you put out. Recruits, if you aren't the one talking to a coach, you might be getting hustled. If coaches want to talk to you, they will talk to you, not a go-between. I mean, it, it's a pretty simple concept. You don't need a handler to talk to coaches for you. Yep. And nobody's going to get you a scholarship out of thin air. Yeah, you... Nope. Handlers cannot, they cannot make your film better. And that it's always kind of a funny misconception as well with rivals. It's like, well, I got to get on rivals to get all these offers when you just need to be a good football player to get offers, right? That, you, I can remember it goes back years ago with a dad that really ended up hating me. And he, we're having the conversation and, and he's wanting to know why I don't have him rated in my state, you know, top 50 or whatever. And I said, well, I just don't see him there right now. And he goes, well, he's got offers from Tennessee, Ohio State, all these other places. I'm like, then why do you care what I'm doing? Like, what that that offer should be all you're worried about. Screw the rankings, screw rivals, screw all that. That doesn't matter. But We just it, lost our contract. I know, I know. But, I mean, that's the bottom line. Like, offers are what you're doing this for, not for whether you're a four-star or a five-star or what. I mean, screw all that. Your head's in the wrong place if that's what you're worried about. No, I mean, that that's right. And I, I, I say that to parents privately all the time. Like, yep. 
Uh, it's not something that we should be screaming from the rafters, but in the <laughs> end, stars, you know, as, if you, as far as you should be concerned as a parent, as a player, stars don't matter. It's, it's just a bragging rights thing. And I know you get into all these things. I remember, you know, going back recently, uh, the best example I could think of is uh, uh, Stephen Parker and uh, what's the other safety? Uh, the kid that went to OSU and, and isn't playing football anymore. Oh, oh uh, um, Harding, Dylan, Dylan Harding. Harding. Yeah, Dylan Harding. Like there was such a everyone was so up in arms because Dylan Harding had all these stats that Stephen Parker didn't have. Yet Stephen Parker was rated so highly. And I mean, look at how it's played out. I think I think we were right on that one the whole time. I mean, well, there's there are no reasons that- besides stats that kids have. So, like Jalen Redmond. There's there's really no reason he should be a four star, except that we feel like he's a better player than what his rating was. We feel like he's a four-star guy. Well, I, I don't think that it, there's any doubt that the star system is a very good metric on how good a football player is, right? I mean, even without... It's been proven. I mean, it, it's a proven, they do that draft analysts every year. Like, there's analysis. a reason kids are four- and five-star kids. But at the same and time, to, there's, and, there are really good three-star kids. To keep myself in Rivals' good graces, they did, I think it was Bleacher Report did the review earlier this year, and Rivals clearly had the best... Uh, history. Uh, right? I guess the the most connection between draft spot and where we had them ranked. And and look, it here's the thing, we got to have something to do. I mean, we got to go out and see kids. We got to have events where they come in. Uh, we we evaluate kids on their athletic ability and their size and their speed. I mean, just like the NFL does. I mean, the NFL doesn't care if you played at Oklahoma or Texas A and M Commerce. If you can play, if you can go out there and defend passes uh, and, and run routes with people or whatever, I mean, that's all they care about. They don't care about the all-American lists. So at, at all levels, there's there's a difference between productivity and potential. And Baker Mayfield's a great example of that. <laughs> a very cocky example of that. Yeah, I just mean... It, it didn't matter where he was ranked, and he didn't get a scholarship offer, but he kept going. By the way, the uh, that's going to be really cool. We're recording this podcast on a Friday. The E60s that they're going to have, I think it's 10 a.m. Central Time. On I've got it on my DVR already. I think it's ESPN2 is where it's going to show, but they're going to have the Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's going to run about 15 minutes with a commercial break kind of in the middle. And then the Ricky Dixon thing, which... Is really hard to watch. I mean, I watched some extra segments on it today, and he is, you know, I mean, he's deep in the throes of ALS. I mean, he's going to die soon, and he is fighting uh, to get as much money as he can from the NFL uh, for concussion symptoms as he can for his family, and you know, it's 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 a real tragedy. And Ricky Dixon, I know you guys are too. You you guys aren't young enough to remember, uh, or you're you're. I don't, I don't know, Josh, you probably don't remember Ricky Dixon. 85, what were you doing? Were you in diapers? I was like four. Okay. I was about Laney's age. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I remember him a little bit in the NFL, but I don't remember him at all in college. In college, he was, a, I mean, you talk about Roy, he was a electric Roy Williams. Like, he was all over the field. Uh, he was, he, he, he hit like a guy that was going to, you know, have, I mean, I'm sure he had a lot of concussions in his lifetime. Uh, but he was a ball hawk. Uh, he still, he and... 
I think it was uh, the Moore kid from uh, OSU, I think, ended up with the career lead in receptions in the old Big 8. So, I mean, he it, it, all-time. Like, he's the all-time Big 8 leader in interceptions. And this is on Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning at 10. So, it's definitely worth it. And it's weird because he was out at a rivals camp about three years ago at Cedar Hill, uh, and he came up to me, and I thought, when, I didn't know who it was, and after I talked to him, so I was like, yeah, that's Ricky Dixon. And I was like, there's no way. Because he had already started really losing a lot of weight then. It had just started started have, you know down that path a little bit. But I talked to him. He was super nice. Uh, it was like, boomer sooner, boomer sooner, man. And, you know, could not have been a nicer guy. But I thought maybe there's something not right with this guy. And then they told me it was Ricky Dixon. And uh, I told this story maybe already. But you know, as soon as I got back, I called Charles Thompson. I said, hey, Charles. I just spoke to Ricky Dixon. Something's not right. And then he kind of told me the story, what was going on. But I don't even know if they had diagnosed him with ALS at that point. It's really sad. It's crazy how stuff like that just so quickly, too. For those listening that are interested in this, I see an 8 a.m. E60 on ESPN and then an 11 a.m. on ESPN too. So if anybody wants to listen, just kind of I think free pub for ESPN. There. I think they're dealing with it on outside the lines today too. At some point, okay, th- they okay. were promoting that. So I think they're talking about you know NFL concussions and families that are you know going through that kind of stuff. And they're even they even have some interviews with some guys that are just now being diagnosed with you know early onset Alzheimer's and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, so one thing that we didn't get to last week. I know Eddie wanted to talk about it was the facility tours that we took. Uh, they are now everybody's in there. They're not practicing on their their practice field yet, which is not good. And and I asked Lincoln about that yesterday. He said that they just got the grass in too late, and they had we had a lot of rain here in Norman. You know, as they were trying to install that stuff, so that pushed them back. Uh, but he was like, you know, I was they won't even be on that before they go to Ohio State, they're still they'll still be on the rugby fields. I mean, he was he said yesterday, hopefully at the early part of this season we can get on it. It will be interesting when that I mean, with as much rain as we've gotten, I, I would have to think that that helps the growing process or the Yeah. Or maybe I don't know if it if it doesn't speed it up or not. I don't know how that would work cuz I guess you can't really get out on it and cut it or whatever you need to do. Yeah. I don't really I'm not a horticulturist like uh like Lincoln Riley said he wasn't either. So, but it, I mean, it's nice. It looks good. Somebody's. Just, it looks beautiful. What do you think they would do if somebody just was out there hitting wedge shots, just taking? <laughs> so you're saying of the you ground. brought your clubs with you today? God, I, I they might actually have a sniper that would like take you out if you did that. That'd be pretty cool to hit a hit a your driver off the Owen Field just, surface. No, just hit wedges, taking real big chunks of the land. <laughs> Hitting a nice little sandy off the grass. Yes, that would. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think you would actually. Josie would actively like Tackle come after you. you and like stab you. Maybe he'd just send Josie Jr. I think they'd be you. right to. I, I think you'd be that evil to. You, you'd probably deserve one in the back of the head. Yeah, but the facilities tour that we got, uh, it, it was the second time I'd been in there. But they had they had really, uh, you know, got the wraps and everything on it. The walls covered. Uh, the the red room. Uh, we've been in that more than anything so far. I mean, we go in there every day now. Uh, but the locker room, just Eddie, you can say this because I've been kind of commenting like when Texas was putting up all their stuff, like, and I and I kept saying like that's not 
you know, that's not catching up or that's not going beyond anything that's right. out there. Like, like you walked into OU's locker room awesome. after seeing the pictures of Texas. I mean, it's it was awesome. No comparison in your eyes. I know, and I just think that it, the coolest part about it, and I guess I haven't seen the entire Texas locker room, but from everything that I've seen, the the thing that makes OU's locker room so cool is it's so open. It's a big oval almost with lockers going yeah, all the really way is. around, yeah. and then I mean they do have it's very spacious. They do have a one big row in the middle, I guess, but the yeah. middle area is wide open. It's very. I guess homey would be the, the... It's very modern. like Yeah. More modern than I thought it would be. A lot of TVs. I thought the player lounge was cool. The 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 part that I, I thought just really put it over the top was all the wall wraps and everything that kind of goes into... Get the wee too deeps here and the there. The stuff and, that you don't really like notice, but you notice because it's there, I guess yeah. would be the best way to say it. Like the stuff on the walls. What's well, funny because they have like, you know, they have the weight room. It's got a big glass deal. And... They have a TV wall there. Like, I don't know what you would, who would be there to watch. It's almost like that's just there for show. Yeah, it's like a, uh, it's just for commercials almost. It's a TV wall. Like, it yeah. has multiple televisions all hooked together. Maybe that, maybe that's what uh, the same thing that, that shows on the scoreboard outside on game day. I don't know. That would have been a good question to ask. I could see them, well, I guess during the, just the summer months, they probably have Sports Center on or whatever uh, during the afternoons, and then I'm, I'm sure during games they'll have uh, old highlights and probably the actual broadcast yeah. or whatever. But and it's cool too because they have the actual countdown to the UTEP game. Then they'll have the countdown to Ohio State. Like yeah. the players see that. That's the that's every day. What you see every time you walk out of the yeah. locker room is is a live virtual countdown clock. And we didn't, there were some things they didn't take us into, like the coach's locker room. Um, or the offices on the second or floor. Or the offices on the second floor. So, yeah, I was kind of, I mean, I feel like the media should have at least been able to see Lincoln Riley's office. I think, do they just want to have like this like mystical prestige about the, only the, only the, the select few get to go in and see it or? Maybe. I, don't it, know. I mean, it's building that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. Though. The I thought the NFL stuff too was really cool with the, them having jerseys for every yeah, player. Yeah, I like that. I like that. There, that it, there's just really except they didn't have Gabe Eichert up. Yeah, he needs to make a phone call up there. Oh, I think phone calls were phone exchanged. calls have been made. <laughs> phone calls have been made. Donations have been stopped. Well, he's marrying a, a member of the Loves family, so if I'm you don't sure, see Loves advertising at OU games anymore, let's that's just what say you know. I am pretty confident. That uh, he was contacted by one Joe Castiglione. <laughs> Formally apologized to. <laughs> the, the, the thing, that's the kind of stuff, though, I think that will come across to recruits as extremely cool. When you're ac actually able to see, like, shit, they have 55 All-Americans yeah. or whatever. They have that's a, I mean, the, yeah, and those were a active lot. players in the NFL. Even without Gabe Heikert's jersey up there, there were a lot of jerseys on that wall. That those was are a big all, wall. Those are all Stoops era, right? Yeah. I'll put up, uh, when we uh, get the podcast up, I'll put up a video of that wall so everybody can see it in that. In I think we've got some pictures up. Or, uh, I still have to put up the full photo gallery. I, that's something I, I will still do. But um, and, and then I think, you know, the cold tub room is obviously kind of a, a beauty room in that, you know, they can turn the lights and make it all Vegasy and it, or it can just be regular lights. And then they have, you know, TVs that they can watch in there. Um, 
here's the thing, like, iPhone 7s, were they waterproof? I have no idea. I don't think so. I, th- I thought... No, no, the 7s are. Yeah, the 7s yeah, are. The ones before that were. S- I have a 6. It's not waterproof. But that's the thing. Like, how many phones are you going to ruin? I don't even know if you could take a phone into the cold tub. But I thought I've seen guys do I that think in the they past. Do. Yeah. yeah, I think they do. I think it's just one of those things that's like... Everybody lives with their phone so much now. I think that's almost like... Always got to have yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty much a part of me, so... Although that seems like a man card violation, taking your phone in the in any in kind the hot of a, tub any kind tub? of a spa where other men are, or a bathroom. I don't know. Like you should never, for any reason, take a picture in a bathroom. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Especially, yeah, probably not. You should probably. And never I didn't do that. take any pics of the bathroom. I didn't even go in it. It's just a bathroom, bunch of showers. You're not missing. <laughs> they don't much. have anything. Uh, they don't have like. TVs it's like going in. The... It's like going into an airport bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, they, I don't know if they have TVs on the on the stall on walls. the stall in front of you, or I doubt uh, it. they don't have. Do they have a? Uh, do they have a? Uh, I don't even know what you call them. Uh, guy that stands in there and puts soap in your an hand. An attendant. Yeah, an attendant. No, that'd be funny if they did. Make the trainers do that or something. But other than that, like you know, they had the they have an entire an entire therapy pool that just has a treadmill on the bottom of it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so, like if you be, blow out a knee yeah. and you want to start working on range of motion, and then they have TVs in there. But yeah, the training room was just kind of the training room. I mean, it's a very nice training room. Yeah, I, guess I mean, you could say. everything's very nice, but they certainly have you know beauty elements. Like yeah. the, the indoor field is really cool. Like Joe was telling me. You can't throw any balls or kick any balls in here. And I was like, oh, poor Baker. Like that. He's like, it's not for football. He's like, because we had a soccer kid come in here and kick a ball into the lights. But he said it wasn't a, it wasn't a, he tried to say that, it, well, I guess it was a guy. So it was just like some other athlete from another sport. That I was going to say, we, know, soccer ball we know what cut Title IX is going to make if we need it. <laughs> So other than that, we, I mean, the really cool thing that we really didn't get to get into in that tour, what they have in there, is that 40-yard dash thing. Yeah. Because it's got a pressure plate underneath the surface to where it can tell, like, your launch angle and your velocity and how much force you're stepping with. A lot of science through the 40 yards. Into it. And then it has the laser timers that come up and stuff, but they were kind of broken. That would be interesting to see how, that, how they use that for uh, Pro Day. I'm sure That's that Malcolm Kelly would have liked it. Yeah. The, don't, why are you got to bring that up? Uh, they, yeah, Joe said they want to try and incorporate Pro Day in there to some degree. Which it would be a great way to, I mean, because you, you don't need the, I guess you can't throw in there. Uh, that, and but that's the thing why is, they, they, have that, they have that TV screen, so as you're doing your 40, it flashes it all on the TV screen. Yeah, it's really cool. And then they, and now they have, like, it's like kind of like that opening vertical thing, but you actually jump up and touch something. But it's all computerized, like how high you jump. I would. I didn't catch Joe C. said, but I would imagine that not too many schools in the country have that. No, he said they were the first. Okay, that yeah, then makes sense. So I, I, it was a cool tour. I, it's a great facility. I can't see how one kid would go in there and not be like, "Yeah, I can, I'm coming here." Yeah, and then they take you across the street and they tell you that's where you're going to live for a year at Headington. At Headington. Like I still don't think that. There are very many schools that can touch what Headington has to offer as far as just a 
facility to live in. Well, the other thing is, like, when you're on the practice field as long now, as you lock your door. <laughs> when you're on the practice field now, like the view out there, like those residential yeah. colleges, really cool. It's like the coolest looking campus that it's ever been at OU. If you haven't been to Norman in the last five years and seen Headington and how that whole, I guess, corner of Lindsay and Jenkins has transformed, I think you'd be blown away by just. It's kind of cool. Not like that engineering building over there across from campus corner yeah it's a, one. it's a little different it's i, I mean it's all the same it's all the same like brick and stuff which i think is cool but yeah i mean it, but it's beautiful i mean it is it is like you when you think college campus in your mind that's what you envision yeah yeah it's so. really nice and I, I it's one of those things that i've always thought is kind of unique about o- oklahoma is the stadium is literally in the middle of campus yeah now the only thing to know is what it's going to look like when they do that northeast corner where the bud is. Yeah, yeah. On the they're coming up on with the master corner. plan for that right now, and that already looks different. Just with the, I guess I the just, trailers taken. Yeah, out. had been accustomed to just seeing all the trailers and all that kind of stuff. So it's it has really uh, they did a really good job of it, and it's kind of cool to see it finally have taken shape. I guess there's no more projections to it. Uh, let's get Josh back involved. Uh, I think we've talked enough about facilities, but Josh, uh, in terms of recruiting now, you're starting to see some more offers going out, 2019 kids specifically. Uh, and let's say, I know, we're going to touch on this real quick about the Caleb Willis thing. There is a system in place for official offers to go out. So I, I know that the, whatever recruiting person he was using was, kind of ripping the NCAA for that. But look, there is there is a system in place, and kids get offers at a certain time. Now, could they move it up for juniors? Yeah, but they're already going to have official visits for juniors. So I don't think you need to start getting into official uh, offers, written offers for sophomores. I mean, that to me is just getting way out of, out of bounds. Well, because people don't think about how that impacts things because – Basically, at any given time, you could only have enough offers out, or if you had to be responsible for every offer you make, like, you know, have to, if we send this official offer out, we have to accept you. Well, then you get into, well, we can literally only have two offensive tackle offers out at a time, because if one, if both of them take it, then we can't offer this other kid from, you know, the local high school that we like, kind of like, too. That's a great point. Yeah. So th- there, there's a lot of stuff that people don't think about. There's so many. Because one thing forces another. Like, I love the early, you know, signing period. But it's going to have impacts that I haven't thought about yet. I mean, there's stuff, there's ways that's going to get used, and people are going to find, you know, the Nick Sabans and Urban Myers of the world will find a way to exploit that. I mean, they'll find a way to make that work to their advantage. And that that's kind of the stuff people don't think about. So, yeah, I mean, I saw that, too, where, oh, you know, schools need to either not be able to make an offer or, you know, whatever. If if you just said okay, school, you, you school, you know, you can't make offers anymore. No more verbals. Only counts once they're official. Okay, fine. Schools would find some other way to word that. Well, we didn't offer him, you know, but uh, okay. So you know, and and if you're going to yeah, take just that, just become stance, like committable pledge or something yes, like that. It would just be a different wording. They would just find yeah. some loophole around it. And if you're going to take that stance that oh, well, the offer shouldn't be legit, then what are you recommending committing for? I mean, if you know they're all bull, then what are you talking? That again, I 
I, I could really, really go off on that because the handler guys make me sick. But um, it's it's just one of those things where you you know you got egg on your face. You clearly he either a got fooled, which tells me he doesn't know enough about what's going on, or b just flat out lied to the kid and got caught with his hand in the cookie jar on that. Because so he, well, I'm sure way, that's what it was. I'm sure he he lied to the kid to make it look like he got him that offer. Right. Yep. Dangle it out like, look what I'm doing for you. I'm doing so mm-hmm. much. I'm, I'm I'm I've worked Oklahoma and they gave you an offer. I mean, and this kid who he doesn't even have. I mean, he's not he's not like the kid that they got out of Texas. He's not Jason. McCullough. No, no. The, yeah. The best the best way to put this is the when you don't if you're handlers that claim offers that they got so and so an offer. Maybe the biggest scum in the world. Well, and people wonder why we like, you know, Carrie, we were talking about it earlier in the pod about why, you know, we needed to come out and say, hey, this isn't right. Well, think, of, you know, OU fans are like, oh, well, that puts OU in a bad light if they want to recruit that kid. How do you think OU feels about that kid claiming an offer that he doesn't have and then they and have to go them in and with try other to explain kids, yeah. to Jace McClellan? Yeah. Like, no, you're our guy. We promise. You're, there's nothing we're telling you that's not true. This thing didn't happen. And they have to go in and explain that. And it gets even more complicated because they can't just call Jace McClellan. There's all these rules, you know, so like there it it's really hard for when a kid's that young to contact him. There's so many ways that, that so many things you can't do. So that's um that's one of those things where uh I I, I can't even imagine how frustrating that is for a coach because you've got to go and fix something that you had nothing to do with. Yeah, that's I mean that's the part that we see. And it, I don't think the coaches really care about us. I think they actually they love the fact that we went out and said, "Hey, this guy does not really have an offer." So I don't think there's any question. Uh, Josh, uh, just well, first off, let's go. Let's talk to Eddie about where you went last night. You were up at the Westmore Norman mm-hmm. North game. Uh, you've got some footage already up on the website. Bray Walker last night. Uh, Drake Stoops had a really nice night last night, but. I watched the Bray Walker stuff early this morning. Uh, boy, he he moves better than I've ever seen him in that video you had from last night. He's in great shape. Uh, he's striding down. the. He's actually running and striding down the field, which I haven't seen a lot from him. Uh, and Josh, I know you've had a chance to watch it now, but Eddie, just kind of your impressions of what you saw last night. Yeah, it's just really funny to see a 6'6", 320 guy move as well as Bray does. I mean, he is... It, it's hard to remember. I And Josh might be able to help me better with this, but I can't remember a guy that is that big. And I mean, he's the 28th player in the country for a reason, I would think. I, he just he is so much bigger, so much more uh, skilled than a lot of other people at his age. It's just hard to, like, I guess, put into words or fathom what he actually is if you don't see him in person. And, you know, I, I like I told you guys before, I think that Sometimes it does look like he gets a little bored with blocking guys that, you know, if he wasn't out there, would would be big guys, but they just look so small compared to him. So I I still haven't seen him, I, and I guess this is kind of bad to say, but I, I still haven't seen him just go out and just completely dominate a night. And I don't know if that's just he needs to light a fire under his ass or what needs to happen, but, you know, you do see glimpses of Bray Walker being a dominant player, but... There are some times when he gets, I think, a little bit lazy and might get off of a block early and the guy makes the tackle six yards down the field rather than 
you know, closer to the line of scrimmage, but we never were able to see him go against uh, Cole Mashburn last night, and that was kind yeah, of. That's what I was going to ask you. That was kind of my big Are reason for going. Cole up on the line. Yeah, but they were on opposite sides. Okay, so he was on. They, I'm on the sure left by and, design. Yeah, and 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 but Mashburn was on the other one, other side. Me thinking a scrimmage. Of course, they're going to play each other. But and they you were would think, they were playing a lot of guys out of position and stuff last night. I mean, it was the yeah. first or second scrimmage of the year, so it really didn't mean a whole lot. They only played one. Uh, the starters only played one quarter, but it was still good to see. And uh, you know, Bray is I. I you can see why a, a coach like Bill Beatenbow would look at him and think, "God, I can't wait to get my hands on him." Well, and you also uh, you got to see Drake Stoops last night, who, who did some really nice things. I know he had a long catch and run. He's a great player. He is a great high school player. I, I have no problem saying that. I think that he can go play somewhere. I don't, can that place be Oklahoma? I don't know, but I mean, he is for as as not tiny, but as small as he is in stature. He makes just about every play that you could think of. And he makes a lot of plays on the outside. He's not just like a slot He guy. will go up and get the ball. He will make plays inside the slot and make moves on kids. He had a really nice 35-yard touchdown run last night. Uh, the kid just, he's a football player. He's a great high school football player. Although, here's the thing, Josh. Like, What do you take out of Drake and kind of the, 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 the playoffs last year when you know, Norman North gave uh, Union all they wanted Beat them in the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then they kind of do the they stick Trey Brown on him in the playoffs, right? And he kind of locked him down a little bit. Now he had a couple it, touchdown passes or touchdown receptions in the state he? title game. Okay, Drake did. In fact, Drake was him and Marquette uh, Marquardt uh, yeah, were Marquardt. the reason they were still in that game. Yeah. And Charlie Kolar. Charlie Kolar was really good. Yeah, I'll be It'll interested be, to see what happens to him in Iowa State. Iowa State loved him. He's a good player, man. I mean, he needs some weight, but he's every bit the player that George Kittle was. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, yeah. George Kittle was, is is, is balling out player. for the 49ers in preseason so far. Yeah, he. I mean, he's going to – obviously, he's going to make the Hopefully team. He, he got drafted. get but. Blake Bell kicked off that team. <laughs> no kidding. How, how ironic would that be that George Kittle from Norman boots Blake Bell, who, you know – a was not seen as a tight end, and George Kittle was completely overlooked by OU and pretty much hated Everybody. by OU fans for no fault of his own. Yeah, he, he was. A, I mean, I did a, a bunch of. I think I did three Norman High games that year for a Sports Animal, and he, I mean, I always came away impressed with him. He did a little bit of everything for him. He's really good, like at high point in the ball. He was a receiver for him, but I mean, he had he he was a good player. Yeah. Well, Drake is just coming along at a perfect time because you see more and more teams, you know, and, and I'm thinking more of, you know, and this is a lot for Drake, but and you look at the NFL game where more and more you're seeing these teams go with these little wide receivers, you know, the Danny Amendola's, the Wes Welkers. I don't mean to make it a white guy thing, but that's some of the best Racist. examples you can think of. Yeah. Where well, here's, the, here's the, Josh, this is what's funny. I mean, no matter where <laughs> Drake Stoops goes – as long as Bill Belichick is still in New England, what are the chances he, he ends up with the Patriots? <laughs> well, look at Cole Beasley with the Cowboys. 5'8", yeah. 180, and that and dude's like him. really a good player for them. Ryan Switzer. He's oh, with the Cowboys. The, the Nelson Spruce guy for the Rams that really was good before he hurt himself last year in training camp. Uh, you know, he kind of was one of the stars of the hard knocks last year. Um, Man, I hope Cooper but, Rush beats out Kalen Moore, whatever his name is. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. 
hey, I, I, I don't have any hate for Kellen Moore because he's about the only reason my Colts scored against the Cowboys. So, you know, yeah, that's uh, nice, nice play there, Kellen. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty strong. So anyway, but, yeah, I'm sorry I, mean, I sidetracked you. No, no, you're fine. No, no, you're fine. But, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where there is starting to become a role for guys like that when it used to be, oh, you're too small or you're not, you know, a 4-4 guy. You know, if these guys can run routes and they can do the rub routes and do all the little things, basically the dirty work of a slot receiver, then Drake Soup's going to have a role. I mean, I, I think if he can go out and have another year like he did last year, do it with a different quarterback, it wouldn't shock me at all if he started picking up some, you know, like Kansas, Kansas State, start, started to kind of climb that ladder uh, of recruiting programs that hit Oklahoma a lot. I wonder, is, I wonder I, have you heard, is, is Leach giving him any notice? No, not to my knowledge. And, and Washington State's always paid Oklahoma pretty good attention since Leach got there. So that's, uh, that, that would be a, a, a really obvious fit. That's a really good one to bring up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can go through a bunch of – and you look at some of the schools that haven't offered him, and you're like, what are you waiting for? You guys mentioned, you know, Charlie Kolar and Iowa State. What, what are they waiting for? You know what Drake Stoops. You know what would be a real kick in the gut is like if if Cumbie and Dykes came after him and took him down to, to Fort Worth. TCU. Yep. I'm just thinking of the leech system, you know. Yeah. I just want to see Gary Patterson do the in-home with Bob. that would be classic they actually showtime needs to set up or hbo needs to set up a documentary with in homes with bob run it after his kids sign yeah bob just sitting out in the backyard cooking up on the grill and coach comes in can you imagine like coach leach on a visit like how meandering and (laughs) random he would be like he would probably forget that he's actually recruiting the Stoops boys or something. That would be great. What did uh, what did Isaac do at all, Any, if anything? Uh, he played receiver. He had a couple of really nice grabs. Because he's switching there kind of full-time, isn't he? Is he, or is he still going to play defense? He played a lot of uh, wide receiver last night. He didn't yeah. play much cornerback. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if they were just giving other guys an opportunity or what was going on there. But he had a couple of really nice uh, grabs in, in traffic. He took a, I think it was a little slip screen, 15, 20-ish yards. Mm. So they, I mean, Norman North is going to still be really, really good. And Ryan Peoples can throw the ball. Uh, he has a really good arm. They're going to be able to move the ball against people. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, they're going to still be one of the better teams over here on the west side of the state. Now, tomorrow you're going to head over to BA uh, to see yep. Broken Arrow and Union. That's uh, that's a one that I've been looking forward to for uh, for a while. Ever since, I, really, ever since Josh and I went up to see uh, Broken Arrow play during Andrew the spring. Rain. And uh, Andrew Rame and uh, Derek Shaw, that whole group of kids, I, I really almost kind of bought into BA a little bit with, uh, with what they got going on up there. I think they're going to take a really nice little step, but it's going to be tough to uh, go against a, a union team. Josh, that I know you have said many times you think this is a union team that could be one of the better upper echelon of union teams, which anybody that knows history of, of the east side dominance between union and jinx, that kind of makes you pause for a minute. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you look at this Union team and they have legitimate Division One talent and in some cases, multiple Division One players at every spot on their roster. I mean, it's safe quarterback. <laughs> that, that's the only spot where you could say, and at Union, that's never been a problem. It's never been like, oh, the quarterback cost them the season. There's never been Jinx that situation. Union, they yeah. find a guy who can, yeah, they, they find a guy who can do the job. That, that Maybe not a superstar, 
but is good enough to play the position. And in several cases, you know, they've had guys that weren't highly regarded by people like myself, but were really, really good high school players. So we'll kind of see how the quarterback situation develops. But, I mean, you look at the running back, they've got a guy that's already got five, six offers in the 2019 class in, uh, in uh, Darius Boone. Um, you go at, you know, safety, Pat Fields. Uh, I love their young corner, uh, Jatravis McLeod. I'm going to say that wrong. Um, they've got a linebacker with an Air Force offer. Jordan Kelly's obviously an OU commitment. They've got another D lineman, uh, Darius Murdoch, that's a 2019 hey. guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, Is he a white guy uh, or black guy? Because there are black, black Murdochs guy. and white Murdochs. And, and, but same spelling, you know. I mean, if you guys want, you know, you want to claim distant cousins, that's all right. He was really um, good on, during the spring when we saw him. Or uh, He was very impressive, I guess would be the best way to say it. And it blew me away how much bigger he's gotten, Eddie. You remember when we saw him last spring and mm-hmm. he was kind of this gangly DN-looking kid? And yeah. now you're like, that dude's a D-tackle. I mean, it, and it wasn't like bad weight. He just put on 30 pounds as a big dude. So, um, you know, just one of those things. But, yeah, I, I think Union has a chance to be real. I mean, they may be three touchdowns better than anybody else in the state. I mean, that that's how dominant they are. And I say that as a guy who thinks B.A. As, I, I think B.A. is going to have real trouble tomorrow on Saturday. But I – as the year goes on, they'll get better and better and better because they're real young. They have a lot of guys that don't play a lot. But, Eddie, can you think of a team we went and saw that in the last four or five years that was bigger up front? They're huge. I mean, they are massive up front. Considering that Andrew Rame and a couple of those kids are sophomores, it, it yeah. was very impressive. I, I think that uh, here in a couple of years, you're going to see that broken arrow. They're really... I, I know that you know anybody from the east side of the state or anybody that follows 6A will say that they've heard this for years, but I feel like Broken Arrow is right on the verge of, of becoming a really dominant power up there, and it's going to be interesting to see how that all kind of comes together because I, I really like uh, David Alexander and, and what they kind of have going as a program. They have some of the nicest facilities. Uh, it just seems like that they are on the verge. They just need that, that big win over a... a uh, uh, one of the two powers over Jinxer Union, and it just hasn't been the same since uh, Devin Thomas fumbled that punt or uh, fumbled. Well, you the ball. say Union and BA, and uh, did you guys see that Devin Thomas has made his way out of prison? He's free. I saw that. Served two of uh, two years of the ten that he was sentenced to. I'd be interested to see if he tries to go to JUCO or does. Well, something. that was my thing. Go go right now to Independence Community College. Yeah. And you can be on Last Chance U. I would love to see that. Get him on Last Chance U, and then uh, next season he'll be taking handoffs from Chris Robinson when uh, Florida God. Atlantic <laughs> takes. Hey, uh, Net- Netflix would probably pay his tuition. Yeah, just just to have the chance to see that storyline play out. He's probably too late now. Probably. I. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, he's literally one of the best sophomore backs I've ever seen. Yeah, he was unbelievable. I mean, it, 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 with, That's all we talked about. Oklahoma, he was so so good. That is all we talked about uh, during what was it? I guess twenty eleven. Well, that was like I remember that team. Like, okay, they had a a, a senior back that was uh, steady. Uh, Cam Wren. Cam Wren. Well, Cam yeah. Wren. I mean, he, but he was the guy. Like, he was the Cam Wren was before Devin Thomas came along. I remember being at BA, and this might have been back when Casey was playing Thompson. Oh, okay. okay. And like Cameron was the guy in waiting, but they put him in, and he was always better than the starter. And so you were like, 
oh, this is the future at BA. Then the next year, Cam Wren gets ready to take over, and then Devin Thomas is there, and you're like, well, this guy's better than Cameron Wren. By by a lot. Yeah. I mean... And by the time they got that, to the state championship, they it, it just became the Devin Thomas show. They were, oh, yeah. They were they two were minutes away. From, they were two minutes away from winning the state championship. Yep. That, or maybe the three. The only two teams... Three and a half, four. That I thought had a chance to break the Jinx Union run was Muskogee and I think 06 when they had they had already beaten Union and they went to Jinx to play that year and it was they and Jinx were one and two and they put their starting quarterback a guy named Rel Lewis that went to Kansas after even after this injury. Yeah I remember that they kid. put him on kickoff return he blows out his knee on the kickoff return and they had to play Jameel Owens at quarterback and they were never the same again for the next three or four years. But I mean you talk about it they had Jonte Bumpus, Stacy McGee, Rel Lewis they had like eight guys on that team that went Division One, and they they were better than Jinx that year. They just they got greedy with wanting to get the ball in Rel Lewis's hands, and it just didn't work out. And he got hurt on the opening kickoff. They fumbled it. It was a whole debacle. And then that BA team, I think, was the best. I, and I, I again, that's kind of it's an interesting parallel to this year because going into the year, I didn't I thought that was a good BA team, but they really really improved as the year went on, but. This group has got a lot of room to grow. And actually, since Eddie and I saw him in the spring, they actually got a quarterback transfer from Rodgers that is like 6'4 and can run. I know J.D. Runnell saw him a few weeks ago, and he really thinks the kid's got a chance to be a good player. And if that if they can get a dynamic weapon, you know, even as a guy they use as kind of a changeup at quarterback, it gets it gets scary. I mean, they could maybe jump up and sneak up on Union. What's What's interesting, we haven't talked about Jinx at all. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's where Jinx is this year. They're what happened what, how how badly could they will they beat Owasso this weekend? Will it be close? I think it'll be close. Owasso's got some good pieces and they, you talk about the right guy leading the charge. Yeah. Um Bill Bill will do some things. There's no question, but I mean Jinx are such an expect like it wouldn't shock me at all if it goes late in the game and then Jinx just comes up with a play because they're jinx and they expect to come up with a play like that that there's something to be said for kids knowing how to win a game but you guys wouldn't i mean you guys had told me that you just or maybe i'm thinking this wrong but then you told me that owasso just doesn't have the talent really yet other than, i mean proctor's a stud but no i mean and they've got the wayne jones kid that's going to k-state and they've got an offensive lineman that i like kid named jason bell i mean across the board no they don't have it yet, but Owasso's always big. I know they'll be big again this year. Yeah, they are big. Um, and I I just think there's like Proctor will come up with a few plays that nobody else in the state could make. Yeah. And they'll keep it close. But I mean, if you told me it's 24 17 and Jinx scores one late to go away, you know, 31 17, I, I could buy that. Um, I had a prominent but, media member tell me yesterday, I think, that he thinks that. Bixby will beat Jinx in week two. And he's from Tulsa. I, I, Josh, I, th- I think we would both agree with that. I, I don't think I would argue with it. I'm telling you right now, if you said at the start of the season, and this is assuming Bixby gets the quarterback play to a strong level, you know, 80% of what they got from Tanner Griffin, if they can get that, they might be the second best team in the state, period. They're really, really good. Um, They've got a dynamic receiver that, that nobody knows about yet, a kid named Brennan Presley that's a, that's a sophomore. 
he could be the guy like we're talking about Drake in a couple years. That's a small little slot, real quick. Um, that's just a nightmare to cover. I, I people were telling me about him. Coaching staffs that weren't even Big Speed's coaching staff were telling me about him last year, like three games into his freshman year. I mean, he's really, really good. And then you throw in they've got three Division One offensive linemen. Uh, they, they've got some defensive pieces that are really nice. I mean, they're they're really thinking good. They I, I they'd fight BA tooth and nail. I'd bet you money. Josh, uh, just OU recruiting wise, uh, anything on the radar for you right now? And I guess we should say uh, we had scheduled uh, a trip for Josh to go out to see Spencer Rattler this weekend and uh, TJ Pledger and, and Unijay because uh, IMG was playing out in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, but unfortunately, with the hurricane and everything and having the family and a pregnant wife, we just kind of decided that uh, it'd be better to make another trip another time. So unfortunately, we won't be able to get out there for all that this weekend. Uh, but So I just thought I'd throw that out there, Josh. But anything else kind of on your radar uh, with, with OU and recruiting right now? Well, I, I think the, the one that's obvious right now is, and I'm going to try to say his name right because I said it wrong in the interview that he and I did, uh, Delarian Turner-Yell, I believe is how you say it. It's not Delarian. It's something like that. I need to go back and listen to the audio because he actually said it for me, and I'm going to blank on it now. But the, the safety offer from Hempstead, Texas, uh, went and had a chance to see him live uh, last weekend, a week ago today, actually. And i very impressed. I mean, one of those kids, his tape is so exciting and so fun to watch. He was the kid that was committed he, to Baylor, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's a, he, I had heard, oh, he's so small and he's so tiny. And I go to see him, and he's 5'10-ish, 170. I mean, like, he's not the biggest safety I've come across, but certainly wasn't you know, the run of the litter or anything. I, you know, I, I was, he was bigger than I expected him to be, I guess you'd say, but on his tape, I mean, for those that haven't watched it, very violent guy loves to come up, play, you know, and hit, hit, whether it's a receiver cross in the middle or coming up and play and run. He, he just loves to be in the middle of it. What's interesting this year is that it seems like he's making a tradition to a more natural safety. Um, tra- did I say tradition to a natural transition? To a natural safety, uh, he's kind of played as an in-the-box guy. Kind of, you know, the the first guy that came to mind when I watched his tape was Ante Jones. For OU fans that go back a little bit and kind of remember him, was a safety and build, but pretty much was a linebacker in the way he played. And with this guy, they're working him to play more of a safety role. And man, I, I just love the way he plays it back there. He plays like a guy that's still in the box. He wants to be real aggressive, attack the ball. He's going to have to learn to play center field. That'll that'll be a process for him. But I like him, and I, he's expected to announce tomorrow his new commitment since de- decommitting from Baylor. I think it was maybe last Wednesday, something like that. And I I think everybody has a good reason to believe it's going to be Oklahoma. Uh, I'm thinking you're describing him. I'm thinking like Brandon Everidge too. There is in just the reckless style of play, Eddie. When I sent Eddie the video, Eddie was like, "You're lucky he didn't like, you know, yeah, you're lucky himself. Yeah, and you're lucky he didn't take you out." He there were a couple hits that it was just like, "Oh my god, he just might have broke his neck," but he got up. <laughs> he, he's yeah. a very violent. And there was literally one point, you know, and it's so funny when I watch these high school games because, like. You go to a Jinx reunion scrimmage, like the second Pat Fields feels a little stinger in his shoulder, he's done. 
Like there, we've got somebody else we can run out. It's fine, Pat. You just hang out. We're, we're going to need you this season. At a little school, they're like, they kind of look at him, and if he says he's all right, he's going back out there. He came off the field twice that night and still went back in the game. And one of them, I was like, oh, he's done for the night. There's no way. Because, like, he comes up and he's kind of rocking his shoulder back and forth. And you're like, oh, man, he's either got he either just dislocated or it's a bad stinger. And within four plays, he's back out there on the field. And while I love it for video purposes, it's <laughs> if it was me as a head coach, no, put, put those shoulder pads away. Hide them from him. He's not going back out there. So he's. He's a tough kid. Like I, I, I liked him a lot. Getting to talk with him a little bit, I think people will like um, the things he had to say when he talked about when he went up to OU for the barbecue. He's, um, he's a kid that you know. I talk about this all the time. I'll talk with certain guys, and I'm like, ah, you know, I think they'll probably be at okay, okay at OU. And then I talk to some guys, I'm like, that's an OU guy. Like that, he fits what they want, their mentality, kind of how they look at things. He's right there. That's Turner Yell. He fits OU to a T. Uh, anything else you want to hit on in recruiting? I mean, we got the what, two offers went out today. Uh, three, actually. There's another one that went out a little while ago. Uh, again, to a, a defensive back in Georgia. Um, I believe Jalen Perry, DJ Turner, and I can't remember the third one. I've been sitting here trying to rack my brain. I know Eddie posted about it. Jalen Phillips. It's all on the board. Yeah, Jalen Phillips. Yeah, Jalen Phillips. That's exactly right. So, you know... It's pretty clear that, and these are all 2019 guys. So, you know, Oklahoma fans that may be thinking Oklahoma's doing something in 2018 or something's happening. This is all 2019, Oklahoma getting, you know, staying ahead. And that's. It is a little scary when you think about it. I mean, you know, Stephen Parker's going to leave the program. Will Johnson, uh, is he? He's, this is his, his senior year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, because he came in as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he'll be gone. Um, Jordan Thomas. Jordan Thomas will be gone. So I'll say this. I mean, Eddie, the star of the camp, I think, is becoming the star of the camp. The guy that I don't see how they're going to be able to keep him off the field, Parnell Motley. Absolutely. Every time we've talked to a defensive guy, it's been Piedmont made it. And I don't think it's like Jordan Parker's playing terrible, but it's like, to me, the way that they're describing it, I'm picturing like the next Derek Strait. Like a guy that is just always around the football. It's just unbelievable when you talk, even to Mike Stoops. Like you talk to Mike Stoops, he can't stop gushing about Parnell Motley. Yeah, and Caleb Kelly kind of said the same thing on Wednesday uh, after we talked to him. It just sounds like that it's not a situation of they're just going with the guy. It's Parnell Motley has won the job because of how he's played through the first month of preseason. And I think that, uh, you know, he has been the, the talk on the defensive side. Can we say is there a is there a guy on the off offensive side? Would that be CD Lamb? Yeah, but here let me stay on defense for a second because okay. I kind of want to tie okay. this into the offers that are going out today, especially at the safety position. But look, they love Robert Barnes. That's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Uh, but I I think that they can probably see that you know what we need to load up. I mean, for a while, Josh, they were loading up on corners. Now it seems like they realize okay, we need we need to bring in more safeties in this program because uh, not only are they missing some, but they've had, they've had some misses at that position too. Well, yeah. And you guys talked, you know, kind of tie in with. And losing Will recruiting. Well, yeah, that, but also the talk about Ryan Jones, maybe doing something different as far as not, not, not something different as far as where he's playing. But I, I thought you guys were checking on some buzz that he might be not working exclusively at safety lately. 
failure on my part because uh, even Ed oh, reminded me. Oh no, I brought it up wrong. No, 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 that's fine. I, I failed. I should, uh, I should, I should be called out on it. Uh, Mike did say that they're, you know, they're trying to move some guys around. I think he's included, uh, but you know, they're so thin at linebacker. Uh, you know, Curtis Bolton basically is backing up all three positions with John Michael Terry out. He's going to be back, and you know that was kind of yesterday the big thing that. I kind of got Mike to admit, yeah, you know, Kenneth Murray's in all likelihood going to be starting uh, just because John Michael Terry's been out so long. But he said, yeah, we need to get John Michael Terry back. We need to have another body there at middle linebacker. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Beal will, you know, it's going to be weird because he's going to lose his job every time they go into third down or long yardage. So uh, you're going to see Emmanuel Beal running on and off the field a lot this year. But, you know, at the safety position, I think Robert Barnes. I mean, that's the only guy you look at and you say, yeah, that's a that's a guy in three years that might have a you know or two years might have a spot locked down. He's on that Stephen Parker track of you have a pretty decent freshman year, you're probably going to start for the next three years. Yeah, right? I I think that Chance Sylvie's still a guy that Kerry uh, Cooks talked about him a little bit on Wednesday. Yeah, I saw okay. I wasn't over there with uh, that he's a guy that has really really impressed them, and I think that he might be the uh, the underlying or under-the-radar type guy at safety that not a lot of people are expecting much from, but could end up playing a lot. And did it sound to you like they're still toying with maybe having Will Johnson play some nickel? Yeah, a little bit. I think that maybe that depends on how Robert Barnes comes along. I think, yeah, and I think that, you know, it, it's kind of like the wide receivers and the running backs that I don't, I don't know how much you really know what you got until you throw them out into the fire. And you better learn the first week because you're getting... You're getting all the fire in the second week up in Columbus. Yeah, uh, but I'll say this: I mean, secondary now as it stands, I think they're in really good shape. They're better. They are better than they were a year ago. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no Dakota Austin on this defense. Burn. <laughs> I mean, if you Just think saying, about it, if you were going to have a Dakota Austin on this defense, who would it be? Kenneth Murray. I mean, who is that? Your weak link right now? Yeah, you can live with that. He's a young guy that's learning, like, right? You, and but you got super, two super other super linebackers talented. on the field at all times. Yep. With him. And it's crazy, Kerry. You, you know, I hadn't really thought of it that way. You were talking about Emmanuel Beal coming off the field. He's literally going to come off the field in the situation that he's most tailor-made for. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I but you know what? You know There's what? no question. You put Caleb Kelly on the field. It's just funny. That's the way it works Here's out. the thing. If Caleb Kelly worked exclusive, exclusively at the Sam or exclusively at the Mike or exclusively at the Will, he would be your best linebacker. He would win the job at all three positions if that's all he did. I truly believe he could be a great middle linebacker. Caleb? Yeah. He, he's one of those guys that he – I mean, if you wanted to put 25 pounds on Caleb Kelly, he'd go be a good defensive end. Like, I mean, he's he's that kind of gifted. Like, if Now, do I think that he certainly has a role that's best for him? Yeah. But he's just one of those guys that's very, very good and very versatile, and you could use him in – a variety of ways. That's that's why you want the five stars because that they're going to find a way to succeed because they're so talented. Well, and that and you mentioned C.D. Lamb, Eddie. Uh, I do think that that is the guy that's really starting to emerge as a you know the potential it 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 is a true freshman on the offensive side of the ball to really become an impact. Now we've seen it, and I talked about this the other day. Um, we we can go through the years true freshman wide receivers and how they've done, or even redshirt freshmen if you want to. Kenny Stills is the most successful true freshman you know, wide receiver in the modern era. 
Uh, after that, it's probably Malcolm Kelly because he was a member. Ryan Broyles had to sit out the year after yeah. the credit card deal or the gas station thing. Um, but even him as a redshirt freshman, you know, that was 08. That was when they went to the national championship. You still had Jermaine Gresham. Uh, you had uh, Joaquin Iglesias. You had veterans that Sam could look to. Uh, and uh, I'm just reminded if uh, if uh, Malcolm Kelly had stayed for an extra year, you would have had him in 08. I was really surprised to you know read the Fearless 20 and Josh's predictions and go through those. I was really surprised that Kenny Stills did not have a 100-yard game his freshman year. Hmm. He had... Three or he had over eighty-seven yards in four of the last five, yeah. I think, and then he had three for eighty-six in the Big Twelve Championship game against Nebraska. But yeah. that was surprising that he didn't have a hundred-yard game. But that's the thing with freshmen. I mean, it's it's never, it is never an easy, uh, you know, insertion. It, 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 no one really. I mean, maybe like AJ Green was mm-hmm. fantastic as a true freshman at Georgia. I think maybe he was Even one of the Julio best receivers. Julio Jones had growing pains. Yeah, Julio Jones had some growing pains. Of course, you know, their offense was even more <laughs> archaic when he first got there. Uh, yeah. But I'll say this. The one thing that CeeDee Lamb has that nobody else had, Eddie, don't jump across the table and, and start a fight, is that he's got a five-year of, of a senior quarterback that is re- returning Heisman Trophy finals. Now, Sam Bradford won the Heisman Trophy in 2008. But, you know, it, it, I, I think it's a lot better for C.D. Lamb having a guy like Baker than it was for Broyles just because, they're, I mean, you look at the options. We've talked about it all the time. Sam had Jermaine Gresham. He, Mark Andrews is not Jermaine Gresham. He's he a have, really good player. He didn't have him a senior year, though. Uh, no, because he got hurt before, right. too. But I'm saying in 08, when Brian Broyles was a freshman. Oh, yeah. Like, Joaquin Iglesias is a better receiver than anyone they have right now in terms of production-wise. Manny Johnson is about what they've got now. Ryan Broyles was getting ready to be college football's all-time leading leading receiver. God, I wish you wouldn't have taken your hat off. Your hair is just everywhere. I know, my hair is... I think I have head lice. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was getting ready to kick you out of here. So I mean I just I I'm really interested to see how this C.D. Lamb stuff works with a quarterback like Baker, and the fact that you really need that guy to step up. It it just kind of goes back to everything that we've said, and I I think we've reached that point of the preseason where uh, you can't really dissect it any more than we have. But a lot of what Oklahoma is going to do offensively in my opinion, is based off of an offensive line that seemingly will be able to block anybody and everybody. Yeah, and then do they have a running back that can be special? It's going to be interesting. I I think more so than having a running back be special, they just need a running back that isn't going to put the damn ball on the ground. Yeah, because as you pointed out before, that's something Pete Ryan and Mixon did not do. Ever. Well, they did it, but just not often. Right. Usually the only time P. Ryan did it is when his his ankle got shredded. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I just think that they're, they have so many options, or the offensive line gives them so many options to do a lot of different things that it's going to be interesting to see just kind of how it all fits. And, and you know, I, I think somebody posted on the board a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago was, uh, what is the offense going to look like? And on its face, I, I kind of thought, wow, what a dumb question that is. But <laughs> the more I thought about it, 
I I kind of find myself wondering what the offense is going to look like. I think it, like is it going to be more power stuff or right. is it going to be Mark Andrews focused? Or? I think you can go power and then highlight Mark Andrews' ability if he's healthy to more do play a lot action of diff- stuff. Right, right. But I guess you have to have a good run game to do that. I mean, Jeffrey Meade is a great one-on-one receiver to have down the field. I think. Right. I say that. We are led to believe. I would love to see the, and, and this is again, this is kind of like our podcast with the the offensive lineman, which I still love that idea. I still think that could be really, really smart if oh, you can use it right. But I would love to see them go jumbo, double tights, and then just have Baker bootlegging out to his left and have Mark Andrews kind of working across the middle, um, like from basically from the play's backside with his speed, all that. I, I think he, that play would just be almost unstoppable with an athlete like Mark and with the way defenses are going to have to respect OU's run game. Here's, here's, here's one thing, though, and we could talk about this, this crazy stuff. I thought about this. You know, after OU lost that Texas game, was that Lincoln's first year as mm-hmm. coordinator? Yep. And it was over with. And I remember during that, that was the game where Josiah St. John was tipping off everything, whether yep. it was a run or a pass. Uh, and that was the first time Lincoln was really under fire. And everybody kept coming at him with all these questions about, well, do you use Dimitri Flowers more? Do you need you need a lead blocker for Pirine and Mixon? Uh, and I remember him not being defensive, but he kind of, and this is probably the Bob Stoops school of, of him learning how to stick to his guns. But he basically said, look, we have a system here that we run. We believe in it. We're not going to make a whole bunch of changes, you know, just because of one game. Now, I'm really curious to know if that's the way Lincoln is going to be between seasons. Like, does he account for the fact that he has all these offensive linemen? Or does he just simply say, look, this is my offensive system. Baker runs it. I've got the pieces to plug into it, and we're just going to keep running it. I think you're going to see a little bit of both because I do think that, I mean, what is the one thing that I, I, I think we all think that Lincoln Riley does is he puts players in really good positions to succeed. And I think that by doing that, he will use different. But see, I thought that the, that's where Hypel went wrong is he tried to morph the offense all the time around yeah. his personnel. Yeah. And it just got so watered down and convoluted and it never never really had a rhythm that they could build. Yeah, and you know, I, I now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I do think that that's one thing that Lincoln Riley has said time and time again is he believes in his system. Yeah. Or the system. And that's really the biggest difference between, and why he's had so much success and the difference between him and Heupel is he stuck to his, he, he knows what offense is he stuck to his guns. I, to be honest with you, now that we've had this conversation, maybe there's some stuff in goal line that you see like that, but I think for the most part, you're still going to see two backs. Mm-hmm. You're still going to see Baker Mayfield doing zone read. You're still going to see play action, but you're still going to see four and five wides a lot. You're going to see empty backfields. I just I think that's who Lincoln is. I think that's what he has to do. I mean, he's had... Is it two straight years of a top 15 offense? Yeah. I mean, he knows what the hell he's doing. Two straight years, I guess you could even say, because weren't they 11 and 
2016 and then top 10 last year? I think so. Two, so like yeah, I guess 12. you could say top 12. Almost two top 10 offenses. He's one of those guys that has earned the credit. You know, like there's sometimes when people will be like, well, they're a, they're a college football coach. You should just respect what they think. Man, I, okay. Like if you want to live that life, that's fine. That's great for you. You got to earn. Lincoln Riley has earned the right for people to kind of wait and see what he's going to do. I think it'll be fine no matter what he does because he's got a really good mind for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it was like when people used to get upset about who this guy offered, or that guy offered. If Brent Ven- Venables tells me a linebacker can play, a linebacker can play. Yeah, like th- that's period. Now, does you know certain do certain other guys like? Because Bruce Kittle offered an offensive tackle, I don't suddenly believe that that guy's a great offensive tackle. I'm gonna I'm gonna judge for myself. But with Venables, I'm gonna say, okay, same deal with Lincoln Riley running an offense. You have every reason to believe that whatever he chooses to do and however he manages it is going to be a good decision for OU. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's just you. You you have to do it. You cannot get into this. Well, you got all these offensive linemen. You need to use them if things, you know, if you lose to Ohio State second game. No, yeah. you just can't. I mean, you have to allow him to. Run. It's just like with Leach. I mean, Leach has a system. He runs it. He's very rigid. He's more rigid than than Lincoln is, I would say. But he still has those games where his quarterback throws for seven hundred yards every once in a while. Like he just he it just sticks happens. to his guns. Yeah, he knows what the hell he's doing. All right, uh, it's something playing in the back. Oh, you know what it is? It's our stupid rival site. Wow, we got a lot of, a lot of rivals love on this pod. <laughs> no, we are not a fan of the the video either. I will say in closing, very cool. Uh, Jackson Yule's now on full scholarship. Yeah, I'm a, oh. I'm good buddies with one of his cousins. Went to high school with. He him, doesn't so have to build really furniture cool. anymore. I, I was going to mention something about that on Twitter, and I was like, I don't know if this is like supposed to go under the NCAA eye or whatever, but because like Baker is his roommate, we'll give him a free shout out. Baker is his roommate, and every once in a while, he will Instagram out like furniture by Jackson Yules. Give him a call. It it reminds me of one of my favorite scenes from uh, Meet the Fockers. If you're going to be like Jesus, might as well be a carpenter or something like that. <laughs> Uh, we. Uh, by the way, did you uh, see? Forty four design. Did you see who we talked to at the end of practice yesterday? Did you see who they brought in, Eddie? Austin Siebert. 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 You did Siebert on Seibert. purpose that time. I Austin Siebert and uh, big Pat McAfee guy. So he must be a big barstool guy. Yeah. And I asked him if he was going to retire, and he said no. But uh, Austin Siebert, just one of the cockiest kids ever. Like he was just. I, I felt like he was subdued yesterday. He was subdued, but it was a very cocky subdued. <laughs> I think you just have a thing. I no, like you I want. I want him to Austin be Austin Seibert. I want him to, to exude be really cockiness. Yeah, you need that out of your kicker. But he said he was never. I thought about asking the question, "What happened? Like, why 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 weren't you here this summer?" But I didn't. Nobody else did either. But he did kind of go into. You know, that he felt it was good that he got away and that he could just work on kicking. So, I mean, he worked, did he say he worked with Cole, Chris Cole? Yeah, he said he went up and worked with him for, I think, a week or something. It wasn't anything exclusive, but he did go, I guess, And Jay Bulwer says that retest him. He, his, his place kicking is excellent right now. But let's face it, I mean, he hurt OU pretty bad last year. 
Houston, Ohio State. You believe in Siebert making a Siebert. Siebert making a 42-yard field goal or Jeffrey Mead hauling in a 15-yard touchdown? Mead. What how what was the distance again? 42. Mead. All day Mead. And the thing Mead was he was catch. he it's was not that. He was really good as a freshman, but remember everybody started the rumors about oh he's got plantar fasciitis or something. I it was like and then it was his that leg when, got yeah, that know, when he got people it started the amputated? rumors his leg had been amputated and <laughs> sign me up. If you can find a but kicker that has an amputated leg, I want By to the that. time they played in the college football playoff, he was awful. Yeah. He was. And I still think the whole I'm not I won't say this to Jay Bulware's face, but to not allow the Swiss disease to take over punting duties is a mistake. <laughs> Reese months chow. He must have some some holes in his game. Well, he said the other day, he was asked about it. He said, we're a directional kicking team, and that's a really tough thing for a freshman to take on because if you don't kick it in the right spot, you're vulnerable. You're very vulnerable. My thought was stop being a directional kicking team. Yeah. Or just score every time and don't kick. How about that? I don't know. I'm not... I, I, I think people have, they have uh, every reason to be concerned. Yeah. He, it's, it's just the exact opposite of what I was talking about with Riley. There's every reason because he's given you every reason to doubt him. So at some point he's got to do it. And right now he's got more bad than good. So how, how long does it take for his confidence to just completely shatter? That's what you mm-hmm. worry about. All of a sudden he's Roberto Aguayo. Jesus. I think to say the the Buccaneers could use a kicker with some swagger. Ain't Nick Folks either. They could just use a kicker. Robert Aguayo, though, I, I saw out of Bears camp that John Fox said on uh, today on Friday that he's been awful pretty much. <laughs> he, he hasn't wow. he hasn't been accurate. So uh, that that guy he might he needs to have like a full weekend bender just to clear his mind. Maybe just stop kicking for a year. Take the year off. He's and come got back. that second round money. Yeah. The first yeah, thing that I thought about on uh, Hard Knocks was he probably needs to probably sell that truck. He's not going to be able to afford it. Gerald McCoy's been the star. Yeah, it's been awesome. I've really enjoyed it. Jameis Winston uh, is annoying. He's annoying. He's an idiot. That whole chant he tried to do that was like seven minutes long. Yeah, Fitzgerald was Fitzpatrick like, or Fitzpatrick was like, yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> no, he just goes, I like the chant, man, but. Shorten it. Yeah, too long. It's too long. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh that'll be interesting. And it was interesting the whole Dee, Dee Westbrook angle. The the guy that yeah. he had all the yardage on. I didn't realize that knee. when I watched it. Yeah. When I was watching it. Uh I'll go ahead and throw this out there. Dirk Cutter, I don't think he's a very good coach. No. Like, he keeps talking about the energy being low, and then he's like, come on, guys, pick it up. And then, like, he walks off. Like, wow, that really got him going, coach. Yeah, running, making him run sprints and stuff. And the way that Jameis Winston just stood there and stared at him, like, when he was giving the lecture to the team, it was creepy. I was like, what are you doing, Jameis If Dirk Cutter goes missing, we might need to, I don't know. That, That was weird, though. All right, we're going to get out of here, but it is time for uh, reading your reviews. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, everything's almost five-star. I mean, look, 
Stroke our ego, please. Uh, here's Sooner Grad 10. As a Sooner fan that is living in Arkansas, this podcast really helps me stay in touch with the sports programs and other happenings in Norman. It's raining right now. Uh, I enjoy the banter and relaxed attitude between the guys. There you go. They are fun and informative. By the way, Toby Rowland uh, on our podcast that we did earlier this week totally approves of the banter. Says do not take it out, no matter how many curmudgeons tell you otherwise. We're listening to the voice on this. We'll listen to the voice of the Sooners. Uh, thank you to this, uh, this, <laughs> I guess they couldn't get the CAFF username on iTunes, uh, but a five-star rating, a must-listen for Sooner fans, a good mix of information regarding OU football, random stories, and fantastic rants regarding the insane fans that accompany college football. These rants are chastened now. Chastened now. <laughs> Chastened. You've had it. Uh, okay, we got a four-star review, and this, like you guys said, I think when people that really know what they're, t- you know, listening to in a podcast, they kind of feel like we're four out of five. Uh, so, Josh, the Sooner fan, maybe this was McQuistian. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed this podcast. These guys have a lot of knowledge and the inside scoop on all things OU football. Their football conversation is worth five stars. I gave them four stars instead of five because in quite a few of the podcasts, they go on long discussions about topics such as which player slash coach has an athletic head. The guys are funny, but when they get on one of these topics, I usually fast forward until I hear them them talking about football again. Definitely recommend the podcast. Did we do that one before? I think we did that one last week. Okay, yeah, that's right. Uh, This was the four or five star that we got. Okay. Uh, recently, Sooner Diamond Dave must be a Van Halen fan. I love the. I'll, you know what? I'll I'll edit. Uh, I love the podcast to hear what the Carry Josh and Eddie bring with Sooner recruiting and what's going on inside the program. Josh's information on future Sooner recruits is stellar and provides valuable insight on who the Sooners are targeting. I love hearing about his daughter. There you go, and trying to get her to talk on the podcast. Carrie is the glue to the show and keeps the rhetoric from going too far off the rails. I don't know if that's true. Uh, he is a foodie who loves everything from Taco Tico to fine Mexican and Italian dining. Also love him on the sports animal. I'm still trying to understand Eddie. I love his insight on all Sooner sports and gets the scoop on what is, this is really long, is going on inside the program. He's direct and to the point. He makes statements that sometimes offend, and he doesn't care what anyone thinks. He, he sometimes uses colorful language that's really unnecessary. He and Sam Bradford are boys. This is a total recap of our entire podcast, which is a plus in my book. Overall, I love the podcast, and will share with, with Sooner fans to listen. Keep it up. P.S. Love you, Eddie. Summary. DNL. Did not listen. <laughs> I'm pissed that Natty's for Patty didn't come up in Eddie's. I mean, if we're going to fully review everything about all of us, I think that's what should Yeah, he didn't get any credit for Nat. I mean, my Taco Tico rants and... Seriously. By the way, funniest thing, literally as you're reading that, Carrie, and you got into the part about oh, you know him liking Laney. Uh, listening to Lainey, uh-huh. Lainey is home with me today because school is canceled here in Houston. And Does she want to talk on the podcast? She today? was sitting two feet away from me, and I was trying to get her to talk, and she will not. She looks at the microphone like it's the Black Plague of Death. <laughs> she does not like it at all. 
Tell her that if she sings into it, maybe like a, a Disney princess will come visit her. <laughs> she is back downstairs now. We have a um, uh, there are puddles outside, and she watches a show called Peppa Pig, where you only jump in puddles if you have your boots on. Uh huh. So she just demanded that Tiffany put her boots on, and I'm guessing she's putting her boots on as we speak to go jump so in puddles. As soon as we're off the pod, I will be jumping in puddles in my rain boots. So just a heads up to everybody. So how is she hand? How does she handle like thunder and stuff? Really good. Okay. She sleeps like she. It was raining this morning when she woke up, and she slept till like nine, and she never sleeps past about seven fifteen or so. So but I don't mean, you have one dog that freaks out? We uh, no, our dogs are both pretty good about it. We have one who is a spaz about a smoke alarm. He will like mm. jump on the bed in the middle of the night if a smoke alarm goes off. He he's a crazy person. So and is it, that it's the one that does like or doesn't alarm going off? Is that yeah. the one that does or doesn't like Laney? Doesn't like Laney. That's Cassius, our Australian Shepherd. He is a little bit temperamental. He is, he's the guy. Like he never leaves my side. He's kind of a daddy's boy. He follows me around everywhere. So uh, I'm gonna check so, the Australian Shepherd off my list of dog ones. Oh, he's a great dog. They're super smart, but he's a little. He's got some anxiety. So that's uh. Like I said, I think he's the best dog I've ever had, but he definitely has um, some needs. So, Eddie is all packed up and ready to go. Uh, are you and <laughs> Are you and uh, Hugh Freeze going to a massage parlor together or something? No, I, I'm doing radio today again. Where? I don't know. I'll yeah. let you say on the franchise. Okay, from three to six. What What station? One hundred seven point seven. I don't. I don't. I just sit there. I don't say any of that. Now the, this the has tags. to be added to the drinking game. Like when Eddie's doing fill in. Yeah, I'm filling in from three You're to not six. Drive, you you got to learn to drive your show. Uh, listen. You're never going to be able to host until you can drive the show. I would, I, would, I would say something against the people that we go up against, but I don't want to get you in trouble. So <laughs> That would get edited out. <laughs> <laughs> but there really is your no Your ass is lucky that I'm allowing, you know. That's what I'm saying. There, you there is no say option, though, another station six. in the first place. So is there, you know, Carrie, you're talking about Eddie driving the car. Eddie, Do we have okay. to let Eddie run the that, pod one time? Okay, no, 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 no. Eddie, stop that we shit. We get a DUI. Stop that shit because I don't need the headache. You're not, you're going to get a headache on your own, but you're not giving me a headache. <laughs> For what? For saying things like you just said. Like what? I'm not going into my office. That's why I said I don't want to say, how trouble. do you have a pod? No, I heard what you said. You're, you're acting sly like you didn't just say something. And you totally said something. Oh, that's amazing. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to get any phone calls. You're, in, you're almost getting in as much trouble as I get into these days. <laughs> yeah, but listen three to six. That'd be good. <laughs> I'm there not putting go. this... See, guess what? Guess what? Go, just Eddie. for what you said, I'm not putting this podcast up until six o'clock. <laughs> well, everybody's going to be listening to me from three to six anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, stay safe down there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, guys, this is the way this stuff plays. If I would have gone to Phoenix and left my pregnant wife and three-year-old by themselves, the hurricane would have turned and hit Houston dead on, and it would have been awful. As I decided to stay, we'll get about three inches of rain, and nobody's <laughs> even going to think about it. So that's the way this stuff always happens. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here on the Unofficial 40. Josh, thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy your weekend of uh, not dying. Eddie, en oh, Eddie, enjoy your weekend of working. I'm probably going to send you to some game on Sunday. I don't even know where it is, but after that stunt you pulled... <laughs> I, might be, I might be dead after you're gonna be, Saturday you're gonna night. Go to, uh, you're going to go to Pop Warner is what you're going to do. 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for uh, all the submissions. By the way, email Josh, josh at Soonerscoop.com. And uh, if you're interested in uh, subscribing to Soonerscoop.com, we'll get you a special just for listening to the podcast. Uh, and also, uh, thanks for all the ratings and reviews on iTunes. Look, if you want to do a funny five-star one, that's fine. But, you know, I'll just say it. If you want to do, like, a really horrible one-star, it's it might be better for the show. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Have a great weekend. This has been the unofficial 40 podcasts from soonerscoop.com.